Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in the book of Genesis. Now, last time we read Genesis chapter 48, and we are ready to read Genesis chapter 49. Now, at the end of uh, chapter 48, Jacob, or Israel, uh, Israel blessed Ephraim and Manasseh. And he blessed Ephraim over Manasseh, which um, Joseph did not totally appreciate, but uh, I believe that was coming from God. So I'm going to read the last verse to you for Genesis 48. Moreover, I have given you the birthright, one portion, Shechem, one mountain ridge more than any of your brothers, which I took, reclaiming it from the hand of the Amorites with my sword and with my bow. Now, this is Jacob talking to Joseph, telling him that he's given him a little extra in his um, birthright, in his uh, inheritance. So, he's given him a little extra than the other brothers, okay? But that little extra will have to be split, I suppose, or divided between Ephraim and uh, Manasseh. So, there you go. All right, so now we are ready to read Genesis chapter 49. I am reading from the Amplified Bible. Now, I do want to mention that um, Jacob, or Israel, however you want to call him, Jacob, you know, God changed his name to Israel. He is going to basically give a prophecy about his sons. I may not know or be able to speak to all of these different things. Okay. Um, I'm just going to admit that I may not have anything more to add to a lot of these, but I would say that we should especially pay attention to Judah because Jesus comes from the line of Judah. And to me, I think some of this pertains to the future and even to Jesus. Now, it it all pertains to their future and the future of their tribe, but uh, that particular... um, prophecy concerning Judah, I think I think you can relate some of that to Jesus. So all right. <clears throat> so this is Genesis chapter 49. Then Jacob called for his sons and said, Assemble yourselves around me that I may tell you what will happen to you and your descendants in the days to come. Gather together and hear, O sons of Jacob, and listen to Israel, Jacob, your father. Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might, the beginning of my strength and vigor, preeminent in dignity and preeminent in power. That should have been your birthright. But unstable and reckless and boiling over like water in sinful lust, you shall not excel or have the preeminence of the firstborn. Because you went up to your father's bed with Bilhah, you defiled it. He went up to my couch. So Reuben will not truly be the leader. He will not truly be the first. And and we've noticed in the history that we have here that uh, Reuben has been, like has been mentioned here, he has not been, you know, a, uh, what would you say, a steady, stable uh, person that would be a good leader. Simeon and Levi are brothers, equally headstrong, deceitful, vindictive, and cruel. Their swords are weapons of violence and revenge. O my soul, do not come into their secret counsel. 
Let not my glory, honor, be united with their assembly, for I knew nothing of their plot. Because in their anger they killed men, an honored man, Shechem and the Shechemites, and in their self-will they lamed oxen. Cursed be their anger, for it was fierce, and their wrath, for it was cruel. I will divide and disperse them in Jacob, and scatter them in the midst of the land of Israel. Now, notice here that this pertains back to, and is an example of of the type of people they are. Um, this harkens back to where they, uh, they how they treated Shechem and the Shechemites, how they tricked them, they deceived them, and then killed them. And Jacob was not a part of that, and he did not feel that that was correct. And obviously it was not, and obviously it was not approved by God. Now notice he doesn't curse his children, I want you to understand, but he's cursing their anger and their wrath because they allowed that to run them and, and, and take them into sinful and deceitful behavior. And we know that it is wrong to deal falsely with people and to treat people the way that they did. Um, it would have been one thing if they had somehow punished the guy that was responsible and had they taken him and maybe even killed him, maybe people would have understood that. But to slay them all like that, um, the way they did, that was that was a lot, you know. So, <clears throat> so here... He's cursing their anger and their wrath. Don't act out of your anger and don't be so wrathful. This is not the correct way to be. Continuing on. Judah, you are the one whom your brothers shall praise. Your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons shall bow down to you. Judah, a lion's cub, with the prey, my son, you have gone high up the mountain. He stooped down, he crouched like a lion, and like a lion, who dares rouse him? The scepter of royalty shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until Shiloh, the Messiah, the peaceful one, comes, and to him shall be the obedience of the peoples. Tying his foal to the strong vine and his donkey's colt to the choice vine, he washes his clothing in wine because the grapevine produces abundantly and his robes in the blood of grapes. His eyes are darker and sparkle more than wine and his teeth whiter than milk. Just notice that Judah is the one his brothers shall praise that he will have the scepter of royalty and the ruler's staff. I mean, this is, to me, this is um, relating to, of course, the future of Israel and the kings coming from the line of Judah, but also from, uh, but mainly, I say also, but mainly, really, truthfully, um, the end result, Jesus comes from the tribe of Judah. You know, we know Jesus is the king, our king, and he is the royal one, the peaceful one. Also, like Jacob mentions here, he says the Messiah, the peaceful one, and that is also Jesus. And to him shall be the obedience of the people. So Judah is basically going to rule over, because you'll notice Judah has acted 
um, at least more correctly and wiser than his brothers have um, in a more peaceful and caring and, and just smarter manner than the others. And there is also, I mean, these are interesting mentions of washing his clothing in wine and his robes in the blood of grapes. And we think of having our sins removed by washing our um, robes in the blood of Christ. And thus, you know, we, we think of and, you know, we use juice to represent that. And, you know, there's a number of things here that just, you know, kind of tie to Jesus and how we worship and honor the Lord. Um, so it's just things to note and realize and realize that Jesus does come from the tribe of Judah. So Zebulun shall dwell at the seashore and he shall be a haven landing place for ships and his flank shall be towards Sidon. So Zebulun's tribe or people are going to be at the seashore. Issachar is like a strong boned donkey crouching down between the sheepfolds. When he saw that the resting place was good and that the land was pleasant, he bowed his shoulder to bear burdens and became a servant at forced labor. In other words, when he found the right place for him, it sounds like he uh, decided that he would be a servant and do the work that's needed, and he would stay in that place. Now, that's just how it sounds to me. Uh, there's probably more to that. It says he's like a strong-boned donkey. So it, I'm not trying to be mean. So it sounds like maybe he's not the smartest, but he's, uh, you know, can be stubborn maybe, uh, but that he's strong and willing to work. And, you know, he saw that the resting place was good and that the land was pleasant. So he was satisfied. This can be a this can be a very good thing. This can be good traits. Everything should not be considered to be necessarily, you know, an insult or a bad thing. Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. Dan shall be a venomous serpent in the way, a feigned snake in the path that binds the horse's heels so that his rider falls backward. I wait for your salvation, O Lord. We shall see how Dan and how the tribe of Dan affects things in the future. As for Gad, a raiding troop shall raid him, but he shall raid at their heels and assault them victoriously. So it sounds like Gad will, will get, he may get attacked, but he'll get his revenge. Naphtali is a doe let loose, a swift warrior, which yields branched antlers, eloquent words. So maybe Naphtali is a Kind of a wise warrior hmm. and swift warrior, though, too. So maybe a wise person in battle or maybe would be a smart commander of forces. Um, hard to hard to be sure. Maybe good at encouraging others and uh, inspiring others. Maybe um, Joseph is a fruitful bow, a main branch of the vine, a fruitful Oh, I guess I should say bow. Well, you know, I think you can pronounce that either way. But a main branch of the vine, a fruitful bow by a spring, a well, a fountain. I think we typically say bow, don't we? So a fruitful bow by a spring. Its branches run over the wall, influencing others. The skilled archers have bitterly attacked and provoked him. They have shot at him and harassed him. But his bow, now this is his actual bow, as in archery 
remained firm and steady in the strength that does not fail. They capitalize strength here as in God's strength. For his arms were made strong and agile by the hands of the mighty one of Jacob, by the name of the shepherd, the stone of Israel, by the God of your father who will help you, and by the Almighty who blesses you with blessings of heavens above, blessings lie in the deep that couches beneath, blessings of the nursing breasts and of the fertile womb. The blessings of your father are greater than the blessings of my ancestors, Abraham and Isaac, up to the utmost bound of the everlasting hills. They shall be on the head of Joseph, even on the crown of the head of him who was who was the distinguished one and the one who is prince among separate from his brothers. Now that was all about Joseph, and that is a lot, and it, it, it speaks to Joseph being faithful to God and God giving him the strength and helping him to influence the others um, and and just that all God's blessings will be upon him. However, that does not stop Judah from being the royal one and, and the leader, which is interesting in itself. All right, so lastly, <clears throat> verse 27. Benjamin is a ravenous wolf. In the morning he devours the prey, and at night he divides the spoil. You know, there are notes here. I'm going to look at these notes. I'm going to read these notes. Uh, I know we've not read the last little section here, but I want to go back to these blessings. I feel like these blessings are important and will mean a lot to us in the future. Uh, one, one of these notes about Reuben. Now, Reuben was the eldest of Jacob's 12 sons. So I think we knew that. And therefore entitled to the birthright, which could make him the successor to his father as the head of the family. An inheritor of a double portion of his father's estate. But Reuben forfeited all this by his contact with Bilhah, his father's concubine, by adopting Joseph's two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, and giving each of them a portion of the inheritance. Jacob virtually gave Joseph the extra portion of the land that would have gone to Reuben. Judah became the tribal leader in Reuben's place. Correct. We, we see this, and we do see that in, in Jacob's prophecy here. The fertile land, once occupied by the tribe of Reuben, was deserted by its settled inhabitants and given over to the tribal nomads of the desert. Because of his behavior, Reuben had forfeited his rights as the firstborn, even before Jacob's prophecy. So this is, this is all part of how things went wrong for Reuben here. Now, speaking to Simeon and Levi, okay, now and this is talking about their... The, the, remember the curse of their anger for his fierce and the curse on their wrath. Okay, So this prophecy was fulfilled when the tribe of Levi received no inheritance except 48 towns scattered throughout the different parts of Canaan. The tribe of Simeon was originally given only a few towns and villages in the midst of the inheritance of the tribe of Judah. So both of these were given reduced you know, reduced inheritance. So now, talking about Gad, because Gad was one we didn't have a law on, but it sounded like if, if Gad was attacked, they would they would uh, have their revenge, so to speak. They would get back at them. 
So here the note for Gad is the Hebrew word from which the name Gad is derived has two meanings. In this verse, the Hebrew meaning is associated with a raiding troop, but in another place it is associated with good fortune because the meaning here is used as a raiding troop shall raid him. What if it was good fortune shall raid him? Would that make sense? And then he shall raid at their heels and assault them victoriously. Hmm. Hmm. That's that's that could be something to see and think about there. And then finally, it talks about the tribe of Benjamin. Okay, the tribe of Benjamin invariably displayed courage and ferocity, particularly in their war with the other tribes. Hmm. You know, sometimes the youngest, the smallest, the youngest of the uh, family is one of the most ferocious, and that can be true. The tribe of Benjamin was absorbed by the tribe of Judah and is not mentioned after the return from the Babylonian captivity, except in connection with its former land or as the source of some individual person. Ahud, Saul, Jonathan, and the apostle Paul were Benjamites, which I did not remember that. I think I knew that at some point. But I, I did not remember that. So, okay, so we're going to read this last. They have it broken as this last paragraph after Jacob's prophecies to his sons. All these are the beginnings of the 12 tribes of Israel. And this is what their father said to them as he blessed them, blessing each one according to the blessing appropriate to him. So notice these are the blessings or prophecies that are appropriate for them. So each of these say something about these men. He charged them and said to them, I am to be gathered to my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron the Hittite, in the cave in the field of Machpelah, east of Mamre in the land of Canaan, that Abraham bought along with the field from Ephron the Hittite to possess as a burial site. There they buried Abraham and Sarah his wife. There they buried Isaac and Rebekah his wife. And there I buried Leah. The field and the cave that is in it was purchased from the sons of Heth. When Jacob, Israel, had finished commanding his sons, he drew his feet into the bed and breathed his last and was gathered to his people who had preceded him in death. So this is a very interesting chapter. It is not the last chapter. There is still one more chapter in Genesis to go, and that is chapter 50. But this is a very interesting chapter with the prophecies slash blessings of the different tribes and uh, seeing how these are, these are appropriate to these men, and most of these are fairly, still fairly young men, not, not totally all of them would be extremely young. I mean, even, uh, even Joseph was, what, 30-something by now, so you imagine Benjamin's probably not that much younger. Um, so, but, you know, it is appropriate for these men. It talks about how these men were and how they are, and we, we only have little snippets of examples before this of how, of how they were. Um, but it is worth noting that they all received blessings. The only thing cursed was uh, Simon, no, I'm sorry. The only thing cursed was Simeon and Levi's anger and wrath. 
you know, because it drove them to do some some bad acts there. Um, it just says they for it was cruel. They were cruel to those people. So it's something to be aware of. Um, also, again, just want to point out that Judah is basically made the leader and the head of the family and the ruler. And even though Joseph is the uh, favored one, Joseph has always been Jacob's favored one. But here he recognizes, and I'm sure this is coming from God, so God is is you know giving him this, recognizes that Judah is the one that is acting in, you know, out of all of them, he's acting in wisdom. And his tribe will make good leaders. That's that's the idea anyway. All right. So that is the end of Genesis chapter 49. I want to thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. May God bless you and keep you safe. Remember, God loves you.